Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 2021, Tabitha Queen was busy raising three children, all under the age of 10. Being a single mom isn't easy for anyone, but everyone said that Tabitha still always managed to have a smile on her face and always seemed happy. Tabitha and her children were living in Bastrop, Louisiana. Tabitha's mother was living in Texas, and on Mother's Day, Tabitha was quick to call her mom and wish her a happy Mother's Day. That year, 2021, Mother's Day fell on May 9th. Tabitha was only on the phone with her mom for a few moments when something happened that would send chills up her mother's spine. Her mom heard two men in the background, or what sounded like two different men, and then Tabitha abruptly said she had to go and hung up the phone. Her mom called back, but Tabitha didn't answer, and her mom would continue to try and reach Tabitha for the next 24 hours. One of Tabitha's children had then gone to a neighbor to tell them that their mother had left for the store and never came home. And soon a relative was called to come over to the home and check on things. When the family realized that Tabitha hadn't come home in over 24 hours and left her three children home alone, which was very unlike Tabitha, the Bastrop Police Department was called. But their lackluster response frustrated everyone. Meanwhile, Tabitha Queen was nowhere to be found, and her phone was either dead or turned off. No one could reach her. Where is Tabitha Queen? And welcome back to the Where Are They podcast and another Unsolved Missing Persons episode. This case was suggested to me a while back. And honestly, I was hoping there would be some developments this year. But sadly, there really hasn't been much. This is also a case that might make you angry. It actually should make you angry. As law enforcement really seems to have dropped the ball, it seems that they don't care. They seem to ignore evidence. And what really makes me mad here is that the family says that they have been kept in the dark and mostly ignored when they call to ask for updates. And other departments have said they would step in and help, but the police have to invite them into the case, something that they haven't done and have said that they have no plans to do. Before we jump into Tabitha's story, a reminder to make sure you are following the podcast. We do have some more case updates to fill you in on, and I'll have that extra update episode for you very soon. The case of Tabitha Queen is a maddening one, and while we don't know much about her personally or even what was going on in her life right before her disappearance, there is quite a bit to talk about when it comes to the search and investigation into her case, or maybe lack thereof. So let's jump right in. Tabitha Queen was born April 21st, 1992. She was very close to her mother, Mary, and although she did have some struggles in her young 20s, Everyone who knows Tabitha said she was the type to always be smiling and happy, even if she was struggling herself. 
In May of 2021, Tabitha was raising three children, mostly on her own, all of her kids being under the age of 10. She certainly was a busy mom. They lived in a home in Bastrop, Louisiana, a northern suburb to Monroe, Louisiana. The Disappearance Mother's Day that year fell on May 9th, and Tabitha did what she always did. She called her mother to wish her a happy Mother's Day. Tabitha's mother, Mary, would later say that she could hear something in Tabitha's voice that worried her. But Tabitha was 29 years old, and Mary figured that she'd say something about what was bothering her if she wanted to. But a few minutes into that conversation, Mary thought there might be something more serious going on. She heard at least one man's voice in the background. And once again, Tabitha's voice alarmed her mother. Most mothers call this mother's intuition, and Mary's intuition was going off. She asked her daughter what was wrong, and Tabitha just hurriedly said she had to go. She had to get off the phone. Mary tried to stop her daughter from hanging up, but to Mary's frustration, Tabitha just hung up the phone. Mary tried calling back a few times, but received no answer. After a while, Mary texted her daughter and said something to the effect of, if I don't hear back from you, I'm going to call the police. Mary was certain that this would get a response from her daughter. But it didn't. Mary was living in Texas, and with her daughter in Louisiana, she was even more worried that she wasn't there, that she couldn't be there quickly. And there are several unanswered questions that are probably running through your mind, or at least they will be, and we're going to get to some of those questions later. Meanwhile, this conversation took place on May 9th. On May 11th, back at Tabitha's home, her three children were home alone. And at some point on this day, the oldest child, age 10, went to a neighbor's to let them know that their mother had left for the store the day before and she had never returned. Questions will arise if she left the home on May 10th, as the daughter stated, or as we believe the daughter stated, as it's been reported. Or if it was May 9th, which was Mother's Day and the last day that her mom spoke to her on the phone. But again, we'll discuss all of that with other questions that we're going to have. And the timeline will be a little bit confusing, but I will recap that as well. I'm not sure the chain of events that would lead to the police being called. I do believe it was Mary that called the Bastrop, Louisiana Police Department. But the official missing person report would be taken on May 11th two days after Mary last spoke to her daughter on the phone. The Search and Investigation Now, police took this missing persons report, but they didn't seem too concerned. They did issue a BOLO, a Be on the Lookout, for Tabitha on their public Facebook page. The family and friends immediately started to try and figure out where Tabitha could be. The most information that they would get would come from Tabitha's oldest daughter. She said that her mom was just supposed to be going to the grocery store right down the street and that she never came home. When asked about what was happening leading up to that, she did have quite a story to tell. She would say the day before, two men had come over to the house Tabitha's daughter said they argued while looking over the car, Tabitha's car. Apparently, Tabitha had let these men borrow her car, and when they returned it, she said that it smelled awful 
and when she checked out the car, she found blood in the trunk. Tabitha told the men they could no longer use her car, and apparently these guys were furious about this. Angry enough to threaten Tabitha, going as far as to say they would kill her. The men left angry. The story gets a little muffled here, and I think we have to keep in mind that we're getting it from a 10-year-old child. In some reports, it was said that these men returned, or at least somebody returned that evening in a van and tried to take Tabitha, but they were unsuccessful. But again, did that happen on May 9th or May 10th? The daughter also said that her mom had left to go to the store and never returned. So law enforcement checks out this store, which is right down the road from their house, and they did find some security footage that showed Tabitha. But that security footage was from May 9th, Mother's Day, and she was purchasing a cartload of groceries, she was alone, and everything looked normal. So did she also go to the store on May 10th, as the child had said? From the way the report reads, it was May 11th when the child said her mom had gone to the store the day before. If so, she was never seen on video at that store on May 10th, meaning at least she didn't make it to the store. Did she intend to go to the store and she didn't make it there? Or does the child have the date completely wrong and that happened on May 9th, not May 10th? And if she was still home on, say, the evening of May 9th and into May 10th, why did she never answer her mother's calls or call her mom back? especially after getting a text message from her mom stating that she was going to call the police. On May 11th, the day that the police took that missing persons report, the BOLO was issued for Tabitha and for her car, which was also missing. However, that would quickly change the next day when her car was found abandoned on West Pine Avenue in Bastrop. Not knowing where Tabitha and her children live, I can't say for certain how far this was from her home, but it was in the same town. The car was abandoned just off the road in what looks like an area of small businesses, perhaps a storage facility, maybe a scrapyard, at least by the looks of it on Google Maps. And luckily, one of these businesses across the street had surveillance cameras and authorities were able to find footage of that vehicle being parked there. But it wasn't parked there by Tabitha. It was driven there and parked at 9 a.m. on May 10th. The car pulled up and parked, and a few seconds later, a black male was seen exiting the car and walking down the road heading east. The video clearly shows this is a black male, but you cannot see his face. This also leads me to think that Tabitha likely did disappear on the 9th, not on the 10th as the child had thought, unless Tabitha left home before 9 a.m. in the morning. But either way, who was this man parking and leaving Tabitha's car there? Once police did release that surveillance video to the public, I believe they posted it on their Facebook page, some people did come forward and identify the man, and they told the family who they thought it was. However, law enforcement made no move to do anything about this, telling the family that they cannot act on rumors alone. But there's video. I don't know. That makes no sense. Isn't that why they released the video to get an identity? And then they get an identity, but they said there's nothing they can do with that information. I'm hoping that they at least questioned the man or men if multiple people said different names. And perhaps that's part of the problem. Maybe they just couldn't move forward without having any additional information. That I can understand. 
But that's not what they've come out and said. They have simply said there's nothing they can do. They can't act on rumors. I do think law enforcement reactions or lack of action here is very troubling. The car was eventually sent to be forensically searched, and police have since said that nothing was found. They also said they found absolutely zero fingerprints and no DNA, not even of Tabitha's or her children. Yet it appears the man in the video wasn't wearing gloves, at least that we could tell. Also, why weren't Tabitha's DNA or fingerprints found in the car? It was her car. Her fingerprints should have been all over it, and likely her children's too. Are police incorrect in saying that there was no fingerprints? Did they mean that there was no other fingerprints found? Or could this possibly have been a professional job, a professional cleaning of the car by someone or someone's who knows what they are doing? Authorities did say they sent a few items away to the state crime lab in Shreveport for testing. We don't know what those items are, but the lab backlog was so high, the results generally were taking 180 days to come back. The crime lab in Shreveport generally carries a caseload of three to 400 cases that they have to process. That's insane. I know people get upset when they hear how long these processes take. Why does it take so long to get DNA results, fingerprint results? And I completely agree. These cases could be solved a lot quicker if we could just get that information. It can also make the difference on if these cases are solved or never solved. We know time is of the essence. But it really isn't the fault of the crime lab if they have 400 cases to work through. The family wanted authorities to organize some physical searches for Tabitha, but they said that they could not do that because they didn't have any evidence or anywhere they could even identify to search. Meanwhile, Tabitha's cell phone records were analyzed, and it was learned that her phone last pinged in Arcadia, Louisiana, which is a city or a small town, actually, about an hour from Bastrop. I'm not a detective by any means. But maybe that's a possible location for authorities to search. I don't know why they said they had no locations or clues or anywhere that they could focus their search for Tabitha. The last known location of her cell phone seems like a good clue to follow up on, no? Law enforcement did tell her family that if they wanted to organize their own searches, that they would fully support them. But I don't even know what that means. Support them? As in help them, or just not discourage them from doing it. During one of these early searches in Bastrop, a wooded location near where Tabitha's car was parked was searched, and three black trash bags were discovered. And upon looking in those bags, a handgun was found and turned into authorities. Authorities did say they did not believe that the gun was related to Tabitha's disappearance, but they would go ahead and turn it into the lab for testing anyhow. This did happen right after Tabitha went missing, and even with a backlog of about 180 days, those results should have been in by now. Police have never publicly stated what those results were, so we have to believe that it was likely completely unrelated to Tabitha's case, or they didn't learn anything from the gun, or with the lack of effort into Tabitha's case, was it even tested? As time went on, months and months, and now even a couple of years, 
the family has repeatedly asked the Bastrop Police Department to invite in the state police and the FBI. However, despite the FBI stating that they would help if asked, Bastrop PD has declined. Their reasons, according to them, are that they just don't have any evidence to give them to work with. If they did have evidence to analyze, they said they would certainly ask for the help. But since they have nothing, there is no point in bringing them in. During these past couple of years, Mary said that several people have come forward to her to tell her what happened. They say that Tabitha was shot and killed, and they told her who did it. Mary did tell the police, but again, they stated to her that they cannot investigate rumors. Finally, police did issue a statement that said they have a person of interest, but no suspects. This person of interest has also been incarcerated on other charges. They have not publicly identified this person to my knowledge. And we don't know if this person is connected to the man in the video seen parking her car or even the men that were threatening her the day before. The timeline in her case is a bit confusing and there's a lot of dates and times we don't have concrete knowledge of, but I want to recap the key dates. Just before Mother's Day on May 9th, 2021, Tabitha's daughter said their mother had an argument with two men that she had loaned her car to. She said it was an extreme argument with her mother telling the men they could no longer use her car and these men allegedly threatening her. May 9th, 2021, Mother's Day. Tabitha went to a nearby store to do some grocery shopping. We know this for sure. She is seen on security camera alone. Nothing seems amiss. Tabitha called her mother to wish her a happy Mother's Day, but then had to abruptly end the call. Her mom heard a male voice in the background, and she sensed something was wrong. Her continued calls back to Tabitha went unanswered. May 10th, 2021. Monday. No one has still been able to reach Tabitha. She may or may not have been in her house this day, according to her three children. May 11th, 2021, Tuesday. Tabitha's eldest daughter, age 10, goes to a neighbor to tell them that her mom never came home and she needs help. Her family was notified, including her mother in Texas, and a missing persons report is filed. While Bastrop Police Department doesn't jump in and search immediately, they do issue a bolo for Tabitha and her car. Soon her car is found abandoned on West Pine Street, and surveillance shows it was parked there on the morning of May 10th. A black male is seen walking away from her car. There was no evidence found in or around the car. Searches do turn up some trash bags and a gun, but authorities don't believe they are related to Tabitha. They pinged her cell phone an hour away, but they still don't believe they have enough evidence to conduct any physical searches. Or even invite in the FBI or state police for assistance, as the family has continuously requested. I do want to give a shout out to a nonprofit organization out of San Antonio, Texas, known as SATX, Search and Support San Antonio. They did come out to Bastrop and they brought drones, including an underwater drone, horses, ATVs, and specially trained canines. This is important because Louisiana has so much water, so many ponds and rivers and swamps can be a very wet area to search. So it's important to have the tools to be able to do just that. I will put a link to their website in our notes. And 
thanks to our subscribers and Patreon members, we will be making a donation to them on Tabitha's behalf this month. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bastrop, Louisiana. If you are watching on YouTube, I'll pop up some maps, but I will try and explain the area to those unfamiliar with it. Bastrop, Louisiana is located near the northern part of the state, just about 30 miles south of the state of Arkansas. It is in Morehouse Parish and is actually the parish seat. In 2020, Bastrop population was just under 10,000, so I'd still consider that a pretty small town. The nearest bigger town or city, according to locals, is Monroe, Louisiana. Monroe is about a half hour to the south of Bastrop. The grocery store that Tabitha was seen at on May 9th, the Save You More, is located right within the town of Bastrop. This area looks to be populated with homes, small businesses, and restaurants. There's a five-lane highway running right in front of it. We don't know what time of day she was seen at the store. Authorities have released that video, but without the timestamp. Her car would be found a few days later on West Pine Avenue in Bastrop. This road is just one mile from the grocery store, so all of this seems to be happening within Bastrop. Well, this is what is believed anyway, until Tabitha's phone records come in and show that her phone last pinged in Arcadia, Louisiana. Arcadia is a one-hour drive to the west from Bastrop. There is no known reason at all why Tabitha would be in Arcadia. There were no connections that the family was aware of, and yet this is where her phone was. Arcadia is located in between Bastrop and Shreveport, Louisiana. In fact, it's right off of the main highway that would take you right into Shreveport. Arcadia's population is just under 3,000. And according to the website, Arcadia is located in the heart of Louisiana's Piney Hills country. Centrally located along I-20 between Monroe and Shreveport, the community is surrounded by some of Louisiana's best deer and turkey hunting, along with lakes and trails that enable visitors to experience why Arcadia is known as a true sportsman's paradise. Sounds like maybe an easy place to ditch a phone, perhaps, but also a place that would be worth searching if that's where her phone was. We just looked at the case of Savannah Hale out of Shreveport, and it was emphasized how much water surrounds the city. In fact, the entire state of Louisiana. It's also noted that the crime in Louisiana is higher than the national average, but I still don't know if this is enough of a reason for police not to investigate the leads here that they do have. Sure, they are a small-town police force with limited local resources, I'm sure, possibly even understaffed, but why not bring in the additional help of the state police or the FBI? We have so many questions, so many. Let's recap some of them, and I'm really curious to hear from you what questions you have, or if you might possibly have some answers to any of these. Let's travel back to the date of Tabitha's disappearance. 
Mother's Day, May 9th, 2021. First, did Tabitha not have a home phone? This is certainly possible. Most people are just using cell phones nowadays anyways. But she left three children home alone with no ways to communicate unless they were just expected to go to a neighbor for help or if they needed a phone. And that is what they ended up doing. I know people are going to say that 10 years old is much too young to be home alone with two younger siblings. And while I agree with that, it's really irrelevant to the story at this point. It doesn't do any good to argue about that or pass judgment on that now. So the eldest child ended up going to a neighbor's house on May 11th. Tabitha's mom had been trying to reach Tabitha since May 9th. I wonder what was happening in the two-day time frame. Were there any other relatives or anyone else that went to the home to check on the kids? And is it possible the eldest child had her dates wrong when she said she saw her mom on the 10th? I'd have to think she did since her car was abandoned by that unknown man at 9 o'clock a.m. on the 10th. There still seems to be some questions on that timeline of events. And perhaps if law enforcement would speak out on the case, some of that could be cleared up. And the timeline is very important here. How are people supposed to know if they might have seen something if they don't know what day it happened? I also have to question the lack of searches here from the police. And again, there may be very valid reasons or maybe there were searches and they didn't tell anybody about them. As I stated, I am not law enforcement and I generally like to give them the benefit of the doubt as I can't say what it's like to be in their shoes but I also know when to call it like I see it. And this case seems grossly mishandled by the police department. If you are local and know more specifics about this case, I'd love to know your thoughts. Do you think they did mishandle the case or they could have done a better job? Or do they deserve more credit than we are giving them? Has their silence on the issue been misconstrued as not doing anything or not caring? I do also have more questions about Arcadia and why her phone pinged there. What date and time did this ping happen? Was there a stream of other cell phone pings leading up to Arcadia? And if so, what were they? Why do authorities not believe that is enough evidence to do some searching in the Arcadia area? So what do you think happened to Tabitha Queen? Tabitha is described as a black female standing 5 foot 4 inches tall and weighing around 200 pounds when she was last seen on May 9th, 2021. Tabitha was 29 years old then and would today be 31. She has brown eyes and longer black hair. Tabitha's daughter described her as wearing pink sweatpants and a jacket that had cartoon characters on it when she last saw her mom. Tabitha has a scar on her left arm. She also has tattoos, the word legend on her chest, stars on one arm, and the words laugh now, cry later, somewhere else on her body, not specified. Her ears are pierced. Anyone with any information is asked to contact the Bastrop Police Department at 318-281-1322. You can also call the Crime Sappers of North Delta at 318-388-CASH. Can remain anonymous and they do offer cash rewards for information. Their website, crimestoppersnorthdelta.com, does offer a way to submit a tip online. Since Tabitha's disappearance, her children have been staying with relatives in Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana. The oldest child has even said that she never wants to live in Louisiana again. 
because it's a scary place. Clearly, these children have been through such a traumatic event, and it's so sad authorities haven't been able to bring any answers to this family yet. Police again have stated that they do have that person of interest, but they haven't elaborated any more on that. And they have also said that while he's a person of interest, he is not a suspect. They have not identified him. They have not said if he is connected to the man in the video or even the man that Tabitha was arguing with. But at one point, they did say he was incarcerated on unrelated charges. It's unclear if he still is. Right now, there are still a lot of unknowns, at least as far as what has been released to the public. It has been two and a half years since Tabitha vanished, but I truly, truly hope answers are forthcoming very soon for this family. Thank you so much for listening to Tabitha's story today. This case seems so solvable, yet we need the people with the resources and the ability to solve it to be out there trying. Are they? Are they trying hard enough? What do you think? Another shout out to Search and Support San Antonio for coming out to help and assist with the searches for Tabitha. I'll have their website link in the show notes for you if you'd like to check out what they are all about. A big thank you again also to our subscribers and our Patreon members. With your support, we are also able to help out the Search and Support San Antonio team. And if you're interested in helping them directly, they do have a link on their website to send donations. If you're interested in becoming a podcast supporter, please check out our Patreon. That link will also be in the notes for you. As always, I welcome all feedback and any case suggestions that you might have anytime. You can hit me up on social media or you can email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. If you've made it this far, I'd like to ask you to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Five-star reviews really help our podcast get seen by more people and searching for missing persons is a numbers game. The more people that know about them that hear these stories, the higher the likelihood of finding them. Thank you again for listening to Tabitha's story today. A sad and frustrating story. I can't even imagine how the family feels trying to get answers and being constantly stonewalled. Let's keep sharing Tabitha's story and getting it out there and putting the pressure on to find Tabitha. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.